Welcome to a BGSM podcast. I'm Shana Colhart and I'm excited to continue the BGSM Red Series with Dr. Margot Mountjoy and Dr. Trent Stellingworth as we introduce the new International Olympic Committee's REDS Clinical Assessment Tool, the IOC REDS CAT 2. So before we do get started, please can you both introduce yourselves? Hi, I, my name is Margot Mountjoy and I am a sport medicine physician from Canada. I'm a professor at McMaster University, clinician scientist with a PhD in sport medicine as well. I work for the IOC Games Group and have been team doc uh, for many uh, Canadian teams as well as a community sport medicine physician. Very happy to be here today. Trent, over to and, you. Yeah, thank you. And I'm uh, Trent Stellingworth. I'm the Research and, uh, and Development Director at the Canadian Sport Institute Pacific uh, in Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, I've been in that role for quite a while, and most of my research deals with physiology and nutrition interactions, as well as some research on environmental physiology. And over the last uh, five or 10 years, a lot more focus on um, female athlete health and uh, relative energy deficiency in sport. So um, over the years, I've worked with Athletics Canada and Rowing Canada and Cycling Canada and been to lots of games as well. So I'm, I'm happy to be here to highlight our new um, clinical assessment tool. Beautiful. Thank you both for joining us. So um, let's jump straight in then. So can you, please, can you explain the new IOC REDS CAT2 clinical assessment tool? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that one and Margo, please chime in as well. Um, I'll, I'll probably give a little bit of context as uh, some of the background behind this tool started uh, very serendipitously as we have a large REDS research project, multi-center trial going in Canada. And I do want to highlight it's led by Dr. Ida Haikura. And we started to develop aspects of this clinical assessment tool already many years ago. And I, I want to highlight the other co-authors on this paper and their incredible contributions. Obviously, Margo's on the paper as well as Dr. Kate Ackerman and Patty McCluskey and uh, Evert Verhagen uh, from the Netherlands. And so we presented a draft of this IOC clinical assessment tool um, at the IOC REDS meeting uh, last fall. And the draft, as it uh, shows up now in terms of the publication, has been um, commented and edited and, and slightly um, adapted according to various uh, validation tools that we use throughout the process that are that are highlighted in the, in the paper. But functionally, this clinical assessment tool features three steps. Um, step one is an initial kind of top level or high level throughput screen. So that could feature a clinical interview, or uh, someone might uh, select any series of specific validated or semi-validated questionnaires. So maybe something like the, the LEAF Q, the low energy uh, in uh, female athlete uh, REDS questionnaire, or the lean Q as examples. Uh, anyone that scores um, e even minor on that should probably uh, proceed to step two. Step two is the main diagnostic tool of this new clinical assessment tool. And it's the clinical workup and has the blood work and other diet diagnostic assessments, which, which I'll explain a little more. Um, so it takes the outcomes of all those indicators, um, again, blood work and questionnaires, um, as well as uh, history of say, um, stress fractures uh, and other outcomes, menstrual cycle history, and it scores and creates a quantitative scoring based on uh, several parameters, either severe primary, primary or secondary, which will result in a traffic light 
uh, distribution of green, yellow, orange, or red. Um, we've created a calculator that people can put their uh, scores into to, to help keep it really um, simple. I do want to highlight that, um, and Margot can chime in on that, every diagnostic uh, sign and symptom has a differential. So it is important um, as well to seek out a sports medicine physician for step three. And step three is where a physician would take all that information and make a final clinical diagnosis as well as a final um, treatment and follow-up plan. Um, again, because there's context and moderating factors that need to be considered that don't just come out automatically uh, in any clinical assessment tool. So we believe it's a big step forward from eight years ago in the former assessment tool. There's been a lot of progress in the field of REDS and low energy availability, and we're really happy with um, uh, the validation and the process that we've been able to, to publish here. Margo, I don't know if you had any other tidbits on that answer. Um, it's probably my, my biggest one is there's a lot of context to go over in that question. Now, well done, Trent. I think we'll probably use an example a little bit later to show how it works. Great. Okay, so as I was saying, using an example later on. Uh, so, Marga, are you happy to talk us through how someone reviewing either an athlete or a patient would use the IOC REDS CAT2 assessment tool? Very happy to. So thanks, Trent, for reviewing the, the background behind the paper. And now you're faced in the office with an athlete that you have concerns might have REDS. And how would you use this tool? Well, the first thing you can do is use any of the screening tools in step one. So these are questionnaires. You can even have them do that if you're suspicious ahead of time in the waiting room or, or while you see another patient and get them to fill out either the low energy availability for females or males, the leaf cue or lean cue, or an eating disordered screen. And we have links to those in the REDSCAT2 that you can link to and, and actually access the screening tool. When they're in front of you as well with your suspicion, then you would move on to step two, which is the diagnostics. And we've listed them there. And as Trent had mentioned, we have categorized them to severe primary and potential. Basically, as a clinician, you would, would order these tests or ask the history questions that are identified in the REDSCAT2. The next step, when you've collated the results from the history and the laboratory analysis, is to use the QR code in the REDSCAT2 to access the calculator. You plug the numbers or the yes-no answers into the calculator and out comes a color stratification. So you're automatically, you don't have to do the math. It's very quick and easy. You're automatically identified whether the athlete in question that you're dealing with would be categorized into the green, yellow, orange, or red. If your athlete is green, they do not have reds and you need to be looking at something else. But of course, any of these things that you find do has, as Trent mentioned, a differential diagnosis. So if someone presents with amenorrhea, as a clinician, I'm going to be concerned first of whether or not they're pregnant. So each of the indicators we've listed here have differential diagnoses that you have to rule out to have the diagnosis of REDS. The beauty of the clinical assessment tool on the very first and second page is a lovely graphic that you can use when you're talking to the athlete and or the parent and coach that can, you can show them how what REDS is, how it happens in both the health and the performance parameters. So this tool not only guides your clinical care, but helps you translate that finding 
into um, practical knowledge for the athlete and the entourage. Okay, thank you for explaining that one for us. Uh, so Trent, obviously, um, before this new assessment tool came out, we were still assessing people for REDS. Please can you expand on the need for a new REDS clinical assessment tool. Yeah, so I think uh, primarily the field of science has marched on and evolved since the original assessment tool some some eight years ago. So just since 2018, there's been nearly 200 published papers on aspects of REDS or low energy availability. Um, and that, and again, that's just since 2018. Um, so the, the old tool was uh, a little more subjective and had three colors or three severity and risk outcomes. And that was um, just the classic traffic light colors. So we expanded that to four colors uh, in this tool. And that's primarily due to the fact that the original tool in the yellow, uh, you could have someone who has just had one or two minor indicators of reds who was, who was yellow versus someone who um, had many extreme indicators and, and maybe was one or two steps away from removal from sport. So we have further developed the tool to have a bit more um, uh, clarity uh, across the spectrum of uh, clinical outcomes. Um, and we're happy to say that this, this tool is uh, much more evidence-based. We went through uh, various steps to provide um, levels and various levels of validation. So for example, um, at the IOC consensus itself, uh, there was more than 40 voting statements that the experts uh, went through uh, to vote uh, on their level of agreement on different aspects of the tool. Uh, prior to publication, we um, sent out, uh, uh, um, excuse me, case studies to different expert physicians around the world and then compared their outcome on, a on their color scale in the traffic light versus the tool's outcome and got very high level of agreement. And we even did some usability where we just sent everyone a whole bunch of non-red experts, the tool and case studies and said, okay, use this. How easy is this to use? And so uh, again, happy to report a, a very high uh, usability scale. So it was definitely time for an update from the old tool. And we were able to leverage uh, all the new science plus validation to really come together with something uh, that we really hope positively impacts uh, clinicians around the world. So looking further into the future then, how might the new IOC REDS CAT2 clinical assessment tool impact clinical practice in the future? Well, um, I'm very excited about this, uh, the new IOC REDS CAT2. Uh, I think it's going to really drive clinical practice. And, and as a busy clinician, it's practical. It's something that you can see. It's very clear to understand. The calculator takes away any math that, that the clinician needs to do, and you get a pretty instantaneous answer once you in, input your assets data. So I think it's going to really make um, a diagnosis much easier than it was in the past, and I think it'll be much more practical. Really, what I'm hoping also in the future is if a clinician is seeing, you know, a couple of athletes maybe from the same team with similar findings, that it will actually encourage that physician to work proactively with that team to do screening, maybe preseason screening, where that they can administer some of those screening tools that we put in step one to the entire athlete population. And then that way, identify those at risk earlier than when they present with a problem. So when they're already presenting with amenorrhea or a bone stress injury or some of the other health parameters on the wheel, it's almost, it's not too late. It's always good to catch them. But wouldn't it be lovely to, to identify individuals that might be at risk 
earlier. So I'm hoping that the by having step one there, it will encourage clinicians to start thinking proactively and screening populations that might be at risk that they're working with, as opposed to waiting for someone to present in the office. My second vision for the future is that we've laid out very carefully our primary, secondary, and potential indicators. We're hoping that this format will actually stimulate research in the area so that that, uh, in the future we can maybe change some of these indicators, some of our potential indicators. We believe eventually, as more evidence comes forward, we'll move into a, a primary or a secondary indicator. So I know you said, how will this change clinical practice? Well, that will change clinical practice when we have the REDSCAP3 and we have different indicators that have moved into the different categories really driven by research as we've identified. So I have lots of visions for the future. We've numbered it REDSCAT2 after the first one because we're anticipating as science evolves that there will eventually be a REDSCAT3. Perfect. So future looking a little bit brighter. So what practical advice would you give to someone who's concerned that someone they know may have REDS? Yeah, maybe I'll start with just highlighting some of the uh, probably best symptoms to look out for. And and these are for obviously clinicians, but also athletes themselves and coaches and people around them. And um, some of the best symptoms are are, are loss of a menstrual cycle or obliomenorrhea uh, in females, obviously not on birth control. Uh, Birth control does confound that. Loss of sex drive in males, inconsistent training or excessive fatigue, numerous bone stress injuries and a history of bone stress injuries. Uh, watch out for sudden dietary changes and large extreme changes in dietary patterns, um, significant body comp or weight loss, and then changes in mood and anxiety and stress and depression. And so I think a really key thing is to uh, continue. We need to continually proactively educate athletes, coaches, and support staff to watch out for these things. I find it much easier to bring up and address compassionately and having trusting discussions with athletes when those education sessions have occurred. Um, you can highlight to the athlete, oh, remember when we had Margo in to do an education session and she said XXX on these symptoms. I've, I've noticed that. Can we have a discussion about it? And I think that's really where the kind of vigilance occurs to, to be aware of these symptoms and to watch out for them and to have those really proactive, supportive and trusting discussions. Um, uh, an athlete can have uh, REDS without having an eating disorder. Um, certainly eating disorders are can also be part of REDS. And in extreme situations, um, it, it does take quite a bit of uh, discussion and support to get athletes to, to um, with eating disorders to change behavior. So, um, but as, as mentioned before, um, and this is where I'll pass over to Margo, it's um, if you do have someone you're concerned about, you do need to get them linked into a uh, a sports medicine physician and ideally one experience with a background and awareness of REDS to do a full assessment and a workup. That that really is the most important step. And uh, yeah, I'll pass over to Margo now as the physician and clinician uh, on this podcast to, to drive that point home. Yeah, wonderful. I encourage all physicians listening to this podcast to have a high index of suspicion when an athlete comes in with any of these signs or symptoms. REDS um, is often silent and athletes won't identify it as REDS most of the time. So have a high index of suspicion. Run through the clinical assessment tool and you might be surprised. Some of the research we're finding, of course, shows high prevalence in the index sports that we've identified the um, 
artistic sports, the judge sports, the endurance sports, the weight classification sports, the weight dependent sports. We're also finding reds in other sports that we weren't as suspicious of, things like sprint power, uh, volleyball, etc. So please have a high index of suspicion if you're seeing an athlete with any of these signs or symptoms. My advice for an athlete or a coach, if you're seeing any of these signs or symptoms, please talk to that individual and encourage them to get help. Because we do know that the earlier someone comes in with the problem, the easier it is to treat and reverse and the faster the response. The longer someone has the symptoms, the, the harder it is to change behaviors, the harder it is to find positive outcomes. So the earlier intervention, the better. Thank you. I think we've really highlighted that today of the whole screening process. So on behalf of BDSM and our listeners, I would like to thank you both for joining us today and introducing us all to the new clinical assessment tool for REDS, the IOC REDS CUT 2. So we'll provide a link to your research paper introducing this tool, as we've discussed today in the podcast, so that our listeners can have a read um, further around the subject. Um, and obviously keep a closer eye out for REDS. 